0: The Big Light Presents Hello, I'm Sean McDonald. you're listening to Blethered, and my guest is Lindsay Ferrigan. In this episode, we discuss Lindsay's career in the radio industry and her time at TalkSport. We talk about the difficulties faced by women working in media, specifically sport media, including social media abuse in general. Lindsay also lifts the lid on her time spent working as a stripper, delving into some of the darker aspects of the industry, and we take a look at the stigmas and attitudes that surround sites like OnlyFans and Admire Me. It wouldn't be blethered if we didn't get a laugh, and there's plenty of those, so if you enjoy this episode, feel free to share it or to leave a review. Just a quick word, if you're working from home just now during the pandemic maybe, you're fighting with people in the house over Wi-Fi or space to work. You're finding that working home are merging into one and it's starting to drive you a bit mental. Have a wee look at clockwise. That's where I've got an office in Glasgow city centre. I've been working here for just over a month now and it's been absolutely amazing uh, with how much it's helped me to focus uh, and regain a wee bit of clarity. There's offices to rent. There's hot desks, very cheap each month. There's unlimited Wi-Fi, 24 hour access. If you've got a hot desk, you've got your own allocated desk and storage right in the middle of town so it's easy to get to, and they're modern and comfortable offices as well. Get in touch with Clockwise via email and quote Sean McDonald leather to them and he'll talk you through what options are available. The links to that are available in the episode notes or you can just Google them. Definitely worth a look. Cheers. This is one I've been looking forward to to recording for quite a while. It's going to be very conversational. But first of all, welcome to this fancy, state-of-the-art hotel room studio.
1: This is fancy, I must say. Um, Do you treat all your normal guests like this? But you have an office now, don't you? Yes, but it's in
0: in Glasgow and obviously we're in the big smoke there in London.
1: In the big, big smoke.
0: Uh, So now you're getting the VIP treatment here. Um, There's so much for us to talk about. For you listening, this episode is going to be a wee bit different for the norm because... Well, obviously there's a bit of a running order, I feel like we're going to jump about because I've not got the best attention span. <laughs> Ferrigan is like a Wayne who's been snorting, Smarties, crushed up Smarties and Red Adderall. Bull. Adderall. <laughs> <Aye. laughs> well, that's what you're needing. Yep. Um, but I suppose, we'll the same as I do with everybody, tell me a wee bit about growing up because you live down in here in London, but as people are going to hear, you do not have a an, an accent that sounds Oxford what? or Westminster. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what? Talk like that? No, I actually don't talk like that now. Um, I am from Fife, the kingdom of the kingdom Fife. Of Fife are lucky. Um, although I've lived in London for fourteen going on fifteen years. Mm. But we've talked about that before. I've not tried to lose my accent, um ever, just because, you know, it creates a bit of individualism as well and it makes you sound more aggressive.
0: Yeah. I, I mean I think
1: that puts people off talking to you.
0: Right, it's like um <laughs> I think I'll I always quote this guy, but Kevin Bridges says, when somebody mm. goes like to you, oh, you're from Scotland, are you? Oh, it's, it's rough up there, ain't it? And you kind of smile and go, aye aye. aye, aye, mate, aye, it's quite... <laughs> as if, like, fucking had about, like, three fights in my life and they were on a playground. i oh. Um sorry. Aye, But the thing with the accents, we've discussed this before, mm. and I've got a really strong opinion on it, and I always slaughter people who, who really lose their accents. Now, if somebody intentionally, while they're talking to a bunch of foreigners, a.k.a. me... <laughs> Well, yeah. like soften it just purely to be understood. I'm like fine because that's just for pure practice. And, and
1: normally that's speed and that's tempo and Aye. and pronunciation. That's not essentially changing exactly, your accent. Exactly, exactly. Yeah.
0: It's just practicality because I'm in my work and I need to get something done. So yeah. so that's fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna speak yeah, to these people. Yeah. But the when it's somebody who just changes that their accent changed completely i would say i think they're obsequious and insipid and um invertebrates yes because (laughs) i mean it's just completely it's just completely changing who you're like how can you palatable to make yourself more palatable to make yourself more neutral and it's like come on man like you've had that, yeah. that's your voice. How can how can something that's so fundamental to who you are as a person just so easily they change? Evaporate, like that? yeah.
1: I, I always, I think, yeah, you're right. I think people do, especially Scottish people who live elsewhere or who maybe work in the media or whatever, it does make them a bit more palatable. But, um, and a lot of people, it, it just dissipates when they live elsewhere because they've maybe, you know, lived with other people who don't understand. And, and I do, where I do agree that, you know, it makes them, but I, I can't remember the word you use, and I'll probably never remember it. That long one. Like Obsequious.
0: Yeah. It just yeah, means like sort of, sort of subservient, just like oh, sorry, I'll just yeah. do whatever you say. See when it, when it's on TV, right? I suppose I should caveat it by saying when it's on TV, if you have to be a newsreader and they tell you you need to speak like that, but then that takes us on to the point of well, why should we? Well,
1: oh, yeah, and that's and that's actually I've got more to say about that than. You were always deterred from getting these jobs in the media because you had an accent like that. You were you weren't invited to be on radio or on telly, Aye. or because your your accent was thick or yeah. heavy or a little bit aggressive sounding. You were encouraged to make your accent palatable so that you could be hired, especially as a Scottish person in media. And it was still like that 15 years ago when I started Mm -hmm. work, you know,
0: uh, longer
1: than that ago when I started
0: working. A show on The Big Light, Great Scott, where Janice Mm -hmm. Forsyth interviews people at Billy Connolly. She said James McAvoy. And she spoke to Alan Cumming, the actor. Oh, yeah. And he was basically saying that it was drum duty and you were told you cannot have that that sort of regional accent. So it's like, hold on a minute. So the epicenter of entertainment... And uh, whether it's journalism or anything else, what it has to be centered around this, what I would call just the, I don't know, the bog uh, standard. Generic, g- generic, I, g- I Queen's English. Um,
1: oh, God, this is probably before you were born, but um, Billy Conley did like an audience with in the 80s. Yes. Do you know yeah, I do you, like. It would have been. No, I've
0: seen it though, no, like, have, have cool seen it, I, Of in course, and
1: like. And he talks about who aren't like these people that these Scottish people that come on television and talk like this. I know. It's like who the fuck are these people? And they've all got first names and second names or something like that. They're all called <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Cameron or Campbell or aye, Bart- yeah. you know, they've all got, you know, certain first names and surnames. And he and he imitates them. But that was very much the like if you ever went to like drama school or anything like that, they tried to like what Alan Cummins said, they drummed that out of you. Try and shed that. Yeah. But for a normal person in a normal job. Enough, you've worked in customer I mean, service or something
0: you're trying let's, to do. Let's look at even the percentage of people who would actually naturally have that accent. You know, they probably make up what a fifth of of the entire nation of the, of the population mm. of the UK, sorry, not a nation before any jumps in that. I know it's not a country. Um, it would probably make up maybe off the top of my head 20, 30 percent aye, because there's aye. far more regional accents. I, Libby, even
1: with 10 miles in the UK like if you go from somewhere like in Scotland for example if you go from Fife to Dundee it's very very different you go
0: from Glasgow to Coatbridge and even speak honest to god they they do this weird thing where they'll say like I'm not wanting that it's just it's weird. Like <laughs> i am probably upset if a loads of people fake Oak Bridge oh, i Like it's
1: fun in a million
0: years. <laughs> oh my god, time capsule. Is that still there? I go. Shut up. I used to take my well, wee yeah. cousins when they were younger, like that they're, they're adults now. Awesome. They're, they're 21 and 18, so they'll be like, mate, get a fuck. But when we were young <laughs> when they were younger, I used to be like, do you just want to go to the time capsule? So I absolutely loved it. Uh, while, just before we move on for the accent mm. thing and while we're talking about um yeah. insipid invertebrates, Michael yeah. Gove do you, know he's, <sighs> do you know he's Scottish? No. Nah. He's Scottish, I swear nah. to God. I, I've seen it as like, well. Now, what, what we're going to do is... not Michael gave... What are you talking about for, man? What are you talking I, about for? Actually,
1: funny you should say that. I used to be quite aggressive about like yourself. And I remember a few years ago meeting a friend of... Uh, a friend's boyfriend, and he worked in finance, and he was Scottish. And I can't remember his name. I was like, you're no Scottish. What's that fucking accent?
0: Aye, oh, yeah, I get really annoyed even on Aye, but on I TV. do do that.
1: And I am, I, I tend not to do it now, but, you know, I have been in situations where I've met people who claim to be Scottish. Aye, aye.
0: Do you know what's
1: worse? American people who claim to be Scottish. Oh,
0: my God. <laughs>
1: Shut up. You've never pissed in Inverness, Just,
0: I up. know, I know. So, I, mean, I, I, tell you, I spent a month... Oh, I hate them. They're the worst. I spent a month, a month, sorry, working in Florida and every single day I had the same conversation and eventually I just, <laughs> I turned it to my advantage and I was like, just charm them and just get something out of it. I suppose <laughs> I, I, but it used to be like, like their like
1: pensions. I, it I Was it in Panama <laughs> City? Be in
0: a night out and they're like, "Hey, I'm Scottish," and I'm like, "Well, you don't sound it." So, <laughs> like, what about part of Scotland are you for? And they go, "Well, no, like my family's yeah, one eyed Scottish." Exactly
1: that. And I'm like, "Who?" Exactly I was that. like, "Was
0: your mum or dad born in Scotland? Yeah. Have you ever been to Scotland?"
1: Have you have you tried heroin? Have you been <laughs> fingered on the <laughs> bus? Know, then you're, you're no point, Scottish. Like, can you point I'm it in a
0: map? And I'm like, "You're no Scottish, mate." Nah, There's nothing you've Scottish about you. Got to have
1: went through, you know, school at least. Aye. aye, I think I think you should quantify you your Scottishness s- by aye. Have
0: you ever been slagged for wearing a four stripe jacket at school, mate? Exactly, gola's. F- you don't know. Have you slagged. ever been <laughs>
1: aye? Have you ever worn a pair of high tops?
0: <laughs> Just about to say high you know what I mean?
1: Tics. That your mum bought for Kinross Market, you know, and made you wear to school. Um, <sighs> aye, there was. You know, you have to go through the the labor of. You know, I've loved the trial of, especially school. It was hard. You can't mm-hmm. be claiming to be Scottish if you haven't went through the Scottish school system. I think that should be the rule.
0: Aye, Aye yeah. but no, these
1: wanky schools like I' ones school, in Edinburgh I know them
0: aye it's mental when I hear people like yeah I, I am from Scotland I, 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 you know, I've loved my childhood like, what, mate, what part of Scotland are you from? like Cambridge everyone
1: yeah, at the time capture Monklands
0: no no they never were <laughs> um, going back more specifically to you
1: yeah
0: we'll just fast forward I mean leaving school what did you do when you first left school? I went
1: to university. What did you study? Journalism.
0: journalism. Did, did uh, you? Know dropped yet?
1: out after two years.
0: You'd think I would have done the most basic yeah. research. It's not right. It? It's not no. right.
1: So I, went to, I did journalism at Stirling, um, but I lived at home, so I travelled back and forth. And I, just, I didn't really... You know, I worked in nightclubs at the time. This was before the big shift. Um, I worked in nightclubs at the time, worked behind bars, so it was quite hard to balance that. And you know work nights, but so I did two years of a masters in journalism mm-hmm. an MA. and then um, and then I started dancing. Mm-hmm. So, and I, always with the intention of going back to university and finishing my course, which I did do, but not so much later on. Mm-hmm.
0: Elaborate on and dan- I did a different course. Elaborate on dancing. What type of that was it? Like um, inter- interpretive dance. <laughs> <laughs>
1: God, I, I used to wear black bin bags and a pot on my head um, and take that to the Edinburgh Festival. No, um, I used to be a lap dancer. So There's loads of, you know, different descriptions. A stripper, basically. Mm-hmm.
0: Now that we I think can... people
1: don't use the word stripper anymore. It's like kind of generalised to people who used to go to like 18th birthday parties mm-hmm. and like aye. a stripper gram. Remember them?
0: Yeah, aye. well, no. But no. I, I am not... <laughs> Of course not. I know. Um, the thing I was going to say was it's, we'll, we'll we'll explore this quite a bit because I've got loads of questions. There's, uh-huh. some, there's some salacious stories. There's Ooh. some interesting insight. There's looking at the dark side. But one thing I would like to focus on is looking retrospectively. So if you were to... I think the maybe the misconception or the prejudice that people may have yeah. is... Um, stripper they would look at it and go um uneducated or perhaps not highly intelligent that's why they've done it but the reality seems to be completely different Mm. so we can look at you and and your sort of work working obviously in radio production working for radio a masters in journalism all these things and look back and go all right well now you can tell me about that but remind me to come back to the was it your pal is it fucking hearts the heart surgeon or what was it she did
1: um, well, I've well, got a pal who's uh, who's a neurosurgeon. She's
0: a neurosurgeon. Yeah. But she was a stripper. Yeah. And there is that whole... Yeah, so... so it's a funny middle bit. ground, isn't it? So,
1: aye, you're right that you could make the assumption... Generally, and that's probably right to make the assumption that mm-hmm. strippers aren't very smart. Um, you know, the general consensus is, is that they aren't. Um, that they maybe don't have much common sense. But the, one, the friends that I made whilst dancing... Very shrewd individuals. Yeah. Um, there were some that didn't work, you know, that hard at the time and they were pretty much focused on partying or whatever. But, yeah. you know, our doctors now, nurses now. I mean, a new Small Small business owners, head teachers. You know, the, like my, my group that I've formed, friendships that I've formed, not, yeah. because I think I always kind of knew the ones that were in it because that's all they had. That yeah. was all they could do. You kind of, those girls were always kind of obvious. They were a bit, I hate to use the term broken, mm. but there was, there definitely was some uh, of them. And, you know, you wanted to try and help them bring them on, be better versions of themselves. But there was, I was always a parent who was dancing because they were either forced into it because they needed the money or they were supporting other people mm-hmm. or supporting, you know, something a bit darker. And um, whereas, the other girls were in it for a short time to make the maximum amount of money for whether it was to buy a house, to study, like to mm-hmm. afford to be able to go to university, to pay off their mortgage, like all of these things. These these girls that, that were in dancing or stripping for a short period of time had a plan. Mm-hmm. They had a five-year plan or maybe longer, but they thought, they're like, this is what I want from this money. They were smart. They invested money smarter than me. I wish I had invested money at the time. No, me, I was like, having a good time. Right. Where I wish I had been, sm- I wasn't even smarter with money until later on. And, and by later on, you didn't make as much money. Mm-hmm. When I first started, that's when the big money was. You can make six and seven hundred pounds in a night. By the time I retired, 28, 27, um, it wasn't, you know, the, the, that kind of money wasn't there. That kind of money wasn't around. What
0: caused the the money to reduce?
1: Um, I think. Well, when I first started, I was young. I was twenty one. Money
0: comes in, you spend it because there's also the assumption that I'll be back next week. So
1: exactly, there's the assumption is I can make all this money for a term. Do do you know what I mean? You mm -hmm. make that assumption and you just spend it on shite. I bought this convertible car. It was a heap of shit. I remember that. I, like I bought it brand new and the, the window used to fall out of it when I was driving. What
0: kind of car was it? It was like
1: a wee MG thing, like a soft top thing. Oh, Got banned aye. from driving aye. at the time. Oh, I was just hideous. I used to drive everywhere at a million miles an hour whilst smoking and putting on my makeup. And looking out the window, yeah, blasting.
0: Yeah, you've told me that when you're cycling about London, you're paranoid to listen to a podcast. You've <laughs> <laughs> you been outed, you shite
1: I was, To be fair, I was very different. I was very reckless.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I mean, I got banned from driving twice, at uh, 22. I got banned for six months because I had more than 12 points on my licence. And then I got a further banned because I drove away from the courthouse on the same day. How was I going to get home? <laughs> do you know what I mean? But they waited no for me around the corner. They were like, you've just been banned. I was like, how am I going to get home? I live in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and I, I was living in Edinburgh at the time and my car used to... And I drove when I was banned. And one day I came back.
0: Uh, uh, you, uh, I think the statute of limitations has been reached if anybody through police <laughs> is listening. You can't actually do <laughs> Can it I Can't do nothing
1: now. know, it was 18 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember... I used to drive the car every now and again when I was banned and it was parked outside my house and I lived in the shore in Leith. And one day I came back and it was gone.
0: I just what it? say I absolutely love it in the shore in Leith. <laughs> Amazing.
1: Well, that's just when it was... Back then was just when it was Coming up. first redeveloped and things were opening and it was really nice. But that's where all the wankers lived.
0: You're partially gentrified now. Or depending I mean, on who you're speaking ferry. to, fully. Yeah, Aye. fully gentrified. I love it. But
1: back, back then, back in... 20 years ago that was, you didn't hang around there at night. Mm.
0: But and is that where you were working?
1: No, I worked in a few various different, I'll, I'll take you through that chronologically, I've worked in some weird and wonderful places, I'll tell you, with some weird and wonderful characters. But, um, w- with the whole car thing, I remember coming back one day, my car was gone, and I, f- I was like, shit, I'll have to report it stolen. And my mum phoned me, she was like, we came over to visit you, and your car wasn't there. She was like, so luckily I had the spare key on me, and we took it back. I was like, and then she parked it in her garage in Fife and let her cat sleep on it. <laughs> By the time I was in the band from driving, it was just state. It was raging. Um, but aye, that was the kind of frivolous stuff that was spent money on convertibles mm-hmm. and shoes and bags and materialistic bullshit that nobody needs. That, you know, you had aye. to have a new outfit on to go to whatever place you were going out in Glasgow or Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. Edinburgh and it was just...
0: I mean, I suppose not to get too philosophical about mm. it, but in order to learn the value of money and the yeah. the, the lack of value that th- there is in, in the sort of material things and to evolve, you first have to make the mistake, spend the money, feel the lack, and then be like, hold on a minute. Because obviously, maybe I'm not saying you had any of the mad issues, but probably just something that all young people have. Where, and it, probably a lot of people listening can relate. Like, there was a lassie I saw who had run up all sorts of debt on uh, Klar- Klarna and clear paying credit cards through <sighs> buying clothes and always want to get yeah, stuff and i think the more that you you try and reach oh, outside definitely. for stuff I, I
1: had a harvey nichols store card at and one point
0: i mean we all like nice yeah. things but you get that wee rush and then you're like well this is no longer new like a pair of trainers or yeah or, i don't know a pair of jeans or a bag that's uh, that's far too expensive and then it's like well, wait so minute,
1: expensive
0: this isn't going to bring and me Oakley- much happiness
1: Used to hang around in crews and all these fucking dickhead shops.
0: And they're so overpriced.
1: My God. And see, when I think about these things now, it's just so garish and ugly. See, when I Mm -hmm. see someone wearing something designed that's got this big logo and I think, oh, my God. (laughs) I've got
0: a fucking Dior t-shirt to wear the night. Uh, That'll be good back in the wardrobe. (laughs) Oops, sorry. (laughs) No, but I know what you mean. But I still, I do like,
1: do not get me wrong... if it's going to be something that you're going to wear that's going to hold its value, like a jacket yeah, de- or a bag, fair enough, a bag. Shoes, not so much. They didn't keep very well, especially with me my dragging my feet. <laughs> but I think aye, I think now I could buy something. If it's worth the investment, I would do it. Yeah. But I think stuff, fast fashion, especially if you're just buying something with, it's just a bit, what's I the point? Yeah. yeah,
0: I suppose I would further add on to that for, for a different perspective is that, but I mean, knock yourself out because I, I love nice things and love yeah. nice clothes and all that but yeah. I think I feel very lucky that now I'm conscious of the fact that it's a thing and there's a detachment where it's like yeah. I'm not buying this it's going to make me happy I'm getting it because I can and because I like it. I also that.
1: associate that with my kind of Scottish life I, I still think that people in Scotland are more like that than people in London
0: what? in terms of being flash?
1: I, I do that's what I was saying to you before I mean when when I moved to London, people didn't care about what kind, but especially the company that you know, the friends. No one cared about if anything was designer or well, if uh, you had a nice car. Nobody had a car. People just get the tube. But well,
0: I think in Glasgow, especially, I think
1: it's very much a. It's quite a Scottish. It's quite a cultural thing in Scotland. It is, Even uh, my male friends still. Where Dawson Cabana still wear, mm. both still wear. Like, and they're older in their forties or whatever. It's still very much a thing for them.
0: I think there's. I can only mainly speak for Glasgow. There is an inherited snobbery, mm. and it comes from the doors of clubs because Glasgow is the hardest place in the fucking yeah. world to get in. Places I've like been in. Where
1: was that? Oh, really? all oh, right. honestly, okay. and in terms of bouncers, well, aye. When so
0: you're a woman, you never
1: aye, really. Aye. There's, a so mad, yeah. there's a
0: mad, snobbiness like.
1: at That sure, I used to be a door bitch in Dundee. I worked in, when I was. So when I left school, when I was at university, we did like a mixture of clubs. We worked in f- ones in Fife and um, ones in Dundee, but the one in Dundee in particular. And um, I don't know. He'll he'll not mind me mentioning him. Do you know Mo Ross used to play for Rangers? Aye,
0: aye. Um. Mo used to come and Mo
1: was at Rangers at the time but he's from Dundee he's Aye. a nice guy um, he's a friend of a friend and he used to come to this club that I worked in this was way before I was in full trainers denim and the rule was nae trainers nae denim mm. so I would be there trying to uphold my rules with my wee clipboard being a bitch to everybody no you, know, you can't come in with that on he would just come right in, no giving one isn't it? finger up to me every time.
0: I mean, I totally not bothered because aye.
1: because he you know he played for Good. Rangers and he could.
0: God, I remember this would have been like two thousand nine. I would wear like oh, a I'm actually cringing remembering. <laughs> I, like one, a cringe, one outfit, like a fashion. Aye, like one outfit was like G star jeans. So remember them with the stitching. Yeah. G star jeans with a pocket like on the thigh a white shot a black skinny tie, a black All Saints V-neck jumper, but then I'd have like pointy that black That
1: literally sh- sounds like what you wear now.
0: No, isn't it? <laughs> pointy black shoes on, like pure jeans and shoes. Have you seen that Twitter account? Oh,
1: I, by it the way. Was,
0: I, was, I was jeans and shoes. So
1: we have a thing in the radio industry. When you go to a conference, every guy blue jeans and a brown shoe often a boot With cut. With the wee, f- and the toes Aye. flat at the front. Aye. and, and I'll get... often just film from the knee just Aye. then just, and the, then like, the shirt and
0: the, the, shirt and the v-neck knitted jumper, and a wee bit of the shirt's poking out the bottom, Aye. and the back of no. the jeans are always wet because they've been walking on them. No. Boot cut.
1: I also, do you know what, I didn't like, and I'll probably, you know, get slagged off for saying this, I didn't like a guy in a blazer.
0: I've never no worn a blazer for years. No, <laughs> I've not worn a blazer for years, I, but I just get
1: not nice one... I, I and, and I get that it looks nice, but a blazer and a jean mm. get out of my life. It's then very, talk to it's me, very like... fucking Don John's... <laughs> <stuff?
0: Get away laughs> very from... It's Yates' 2008,
1: <laughs> I, it? it's, I'm like, no. I, I can't deal with... That's no...
0: I love these chats where I just get to sit and <laughs> slide clothes and all that. Um, I so... know that we're veering away from... Remember, Remember when we were sitting in the Cross Keys? Remember that pub at yeah. Covent Garden? Love that place, man. Yeah. Might go the night. Sometimes
1: Nigel Farage is in there, so be warned. Is he actually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I not tell you that before? You might have done. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's like great eight pub as well. Ah, you know. If anybody wants a good pub, you're know, in London, Cross Keys, it's next to Covent Garden, and it is kind of... It's on Endell Street. Aye, off the beaten track, and yeah. it is it is it's brilliant. And I it's love the same
1: it. temperature all year round. Oh, <laughs> fucking roasting degrees.
0: Aye, so It's like, sort of like, it's, this, their settings are freezing. If you're coming to London
1: for the weekend, you'd like to lose a wee bit of weight whilst drinking. Aye,
0: aye. Remember, <laughs> aye, aye, it's boiling. So we were in at Christmas, and we were talking loads of stories, and sort of the mm. whole scandalous side of um, people that you sort of would come up, not come up against, but people you would meet, Kind of working in in that sort of business, you can name everybody you want because I'm going to bleep them out. Okay. Um, and I've had a few drinks, so well, I've. What I've
1: heard. Um, you can just tell them as you with. go.
0: Well, say like for example, the Scotland national team hotel. I bet Major deals per cup, didn't it? As soon as I said Scotland national team Scotland hotel,
1: Scotland well, national
0: team hotel. Aye. Wait till you hear this, right? Oh, so, what, ne- you want the
1: full story? I want the full sneaking story.
0: Sneaking in, in s- the back? Sneaking in the back. I'll, I'll bleep the names up In so. fact, there was
1: one in Glasgow as well that I, s- I snuck into. Um, Did you not take
0: a squad, for you? Or was it just you? It was
1: mainly just me. God, that was just horny. But, um, aye, there was one time in Glasgow, in the city centre, I remember that, it was kind of down the river, do you know where the BBC is? It like across the river.
0: The plaza?
1: Aye, so... Big, big there was, glass aye, hotel there, were, the there was an instant there. I don't remember sneaking it there. But the Seamill Hydro one, somebody was actually getting married, and I went in the wrong Aye, I don't <laughs> remember I was trying to sneak in, like, after, you know, they had had their meal and everything. There must have been... There must have been in training camp for a, a game that was happening later on in yeah, the week or aye. whatever. Um, oh, fucking hell, this must have been 18 years ago. Um... Maybe 17 or 18, Well, who I'm was sure. who was the player? Oh, God, I have to say it out loud. You have to say it out loud. It's going to be bleeped oh, out. Me, even when I think about I it, i like, oh.
0: uh, Wait a minute, I think I might be confused with think somebody else. Who was Say it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I don't think that's... Right. That's no, like, a secret. I don't think there was a stripper that he didn't pump, to be fair.
0: Aye, probably. But it's still funny, though. Aye. Like, Scottish national team
1: Aye, there was definitely that. I think the, the Gla- maybe the Glasgow one was his club team duty. I can't remember, but um, aye, there was definitely a few sneaking in occasions to to team events. Mm-hmm. But the, the mill Hydro one, it must have been like on a, a, a weekend night or somebody was getting married. Mm. And I remember kind of sneaking in, but through the wrong exit. And I ended up being in this wedding.
0: I, was I would like, have just stayed for a bit of I, mean, I
1: was like oh my god but I managed to get to the right bit but I that was the kind of ridiculous behaviour that I would engage in who would do it, who does
0: that what about if I, I'll, I'll rattle some names off um, and see if anything rings a bell to, uh,
1: cl- uh, do I have to say yes no whether I've had sex with them or no, not no
0: no 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 ah, Just because okay. well, there there be was, what I meant was there was just different sort of stories of things happening, gangsters looking for people and hiding so I would say any kind, any of them? None. T- um, no, 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 no.
1: And I know, obviously, <coughs> and <coughs> used to share a flat together near where I lived yeah. in Edinburgh. But they were dead young at the time, mm-hmm. just like in the Hibs first team. They were nice. They weren't any trouble. They, I think, they maybe came into a place where I worked up on the Lothian Road a few times. They were certainly weren't any regulars, and they weren't any deviants of any kind. Mm-hmm. It was the older ones that were in, yeah, you know, the older the Hibs old teams. Ones, so it depended on where you worked. So if you worked in Edinburgh, obviously you got your Hibs or Hearts lads. But at that time, the Hearts team were like they were all Lithuanian aye, aye. and Eastern European. But in the Birkin here, have you ever been to the Pubic Triangle in Edinburgh? I actually
0: haven't. I've heard of it, but I've oh, not. you've been. never lived. <laughs>
1: you have never lived. Let me come back to the Pubic Triangle. Um, one of the. Clubs in the pubic triangle is called the Birkenhair. I'll take you through the story of the Birkenhair. Right, okay. Obviously, the grave robbers. Grave
0: robbers, yeah.
1: Um, But I'll take you through the story of the club in a minute. But loads of the girls that worked in the Birkenhair at that point were all Eastern European. So the, the harsh lads would go in there so they could, mm-hmm. like, have conversations with people in their you own know, the <laughs> language, almost. Because there was Latvian girls, Lithuanian girls, that, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. they were... You know, especially when what's-his-name was here. What was his the name? Vladimir Roman- Romanov. Aye. So they were, they were kind of attributed to the Birkin here. We didn't have any Hearts team players in the Licorice at that point. So it was mainly the Hibs team, but it was mainly the older ones. Don't you remember <laughs> ever been? And he's quite quiet, I think.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I. So you had people like, Not, I've never thought about any of these people in such a long time, but they all had kind of hangers on you know mm-hmm. they always had like shady pals from home yeah it' hey, always all right a friend of a, a girl that I know who also knows the same one that knows <laughs> add that up if you want um <laughs> he was always pretty sound, but i the older herbs one by was obviously a wild child mm-hmm. when he? I didn't think that's a secret that no. he liked a party. He was always ended up at parties in like Dune Leith or Pilton. I was just about Q. to say Pilton. Aye. Well, I lived in, like, again, we talked about um, gentrification. I lived in Pilton yeah. as well, where they had just started doing it up because it's quite nice now. Is it? Aye. If they call it something else. It's called like Crew. Mm. What a load of wank. It's aye. still Pilton. Um, but aye, he always ended up at parties where like, quite shady characters. I I was the friends with the shady characters, but I had a friend that was. She mm-hmm. she kinda lived in that way. She shared a flat with a few, you know, unsavoury
0: mm-hmm. people.
1: Um but I I think it's quite well documented that he fucked his career away, didn't he? Aye,
0: aye. I don't think he I don't think aye. he made a very good run of it. Probably ill advised and also ill ill-equip, equipped ill equipped to deal with what was
1: I remember him
0: I do remember him
1: being in from time to time but he wasn't always well like other teammates. He had a few, you know, shady pals.
0: There's, um, there's obviously all the sort of the funny stories and we can look at it and look at the good side of people making money, people being shrewd and whatever and setting themselves up, but there must be a bit of a dark side as well. Very, And aye. I suppose your susceptibility to that darkness will obviously depend on the, I don't know, sort of the um, resilience yeah. or the wherewithal that you have. What, What is the dark side? You can
1: you can let it take you,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, you can, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. It's no for, you know, people who are only thick skinned mm. people who, you know, didn't have a clear goal. People who are kind of lost. It's not, that's not the situation that you want to be in. You want to, you want to be doing it. If you've got a clear goal of what you want, if you are, I think the dark side of it is there's a lot of drugs. There's a lot of drinking, A lot of girls drink a lot to get through it because, you know, otherwise they wouldn't be very confident or they wouldn't, you know, be very good at it or, you know, they would have inhibitions or whatever. There's a lot of drinking. There's a lot of drug-taking, depending on who you are, the level of that. But Mm -hmm. there's openly drug-taking, you know, in lap dancing Mm -hmm. clubs. It's whether you partake or not is is up to you and then out with that is you know how you feel about you taking as that as your job are you comfortable telling people that that's what you do Mm. are you you know do you have any self-respect for yourself because there's i mean even though we live in a day and age where it's cool to be a stripper now
0: Mm.
1: there's you know there's still an element of shame that that's that you're using your body to make money although I never ever felt like that but I I also didn't really publicise the fact Mm -hmm. either I think there's well knowing my family and that I I tried to keep it I didn't try and keep it a secret I just I just didn't openly divulge the information
0: I suppose that if you look at it now in its digitised form, is, mm. is obviously the modernisation of the industry, if you will, is that people now do things like OnlyFans yeah. and admireme.vip, that kind of thing. And oh, it's I've never like, heard of that one. Have you oh, not? I think oh, that's that. That Chelsea, Chelsea Ferguson that owns that. You know, his N- my Twitter character, N- social media yeah. personality. Um, and there is a there is an element of shame attached to it. I'm not saying... Again, people are very sensitive, so I will just clarify what I yeah. mean by that. I'm saying that people will attribute shame on your behalf. I'm yeah, not saying that even if
1: you don't feel it. That's that's yeah, also like I'm not part saying of this. that you
0: should feel it, and it's, aye, There is, a, there is a, a certain stigma around it, and, and I can understand. Sometimes I'll see girls kind of talking about it, or if I am making a point, if somebody said something to them on social media, and they will say. You ask me for pictures, or you want this, or you sexualise women. But then once I yeah. start to profit from it, then it becomes. It's an It's all issue. the same
1: thing, yeah. How? And why I, am I? I'm profiting from my own body. Why should? What, yeah, yeah. Why is that now derogatory? But yeah. but you want to look at it anyway for free. And
0: I think I understand the because I mean I'm not going to claim one to have a major dog in the fight, if you will, and like it doesn't really affect my life. So I don't. Because sometimes you see people being. What I would call a performative feminist, so that birds will fancy them. Yeah. So we'll say, like, eh, you sh- women should be able to do this. And it's like, um, I mean, come on, mate, like, this is not really your argument. It's good Aye,
1: it's, it's not your it's between women.
0: Yeah, and it's good for it's good to be supportive, but when it becomes to the point where you're becoming a bit of a performance seal, aye, aye, people no really your, see your it. fight. Aye. I
1: think for me personally, I do not see anything wrong with it at all. if you can own it. Yeah. If you're confident enough to tell someone that's what you do as a job, with no shame or stigma attached to it, and you're, yeah. uh, then there's it nothing that anyone well. else there's nothing that anyone else can say. Actually, do you know who just launched their OnlyFans? Um, Amber Rose. Who's and I, that? She's she's got with Kanye. Anyway, she's like a, oh, a are they model. Oh, they So she's got two kids, and I said she posted a thing saying "Swipe up for my OnlyFans" or something like that, mm-hmm. and and she's legit got an OnlyFans page. And you could see all these women coming, and you've got two kids. Why are you doing this? What Wait,
0: really the fuck has it got to do with aye. that? Aye. Just mind your own business. Aye.
1: man. how people choose to use their body to make money. She's always been open about using her body to make money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: She's always been. I mean, who are you to what? Because she's got two kids. What? She's no longer a woman now.
0: Aye, it doesn't. It doesn't. Aye, kids well, she's, don't no she's no longer sexy.
1: She's no longer. She's no longer got a commodity to sell because what, cause she's because she's a mother. I hate I hate that. Aye. And then also I hate people who comment they, you should be ashamed. Who are you to judge whether someone should be ashamed or? That's why we live in this constant cycle of judgment. Judgment. I hate that. I've what I have done and probably in the last ten years of my life, I've tried to actively disengage from that, and that's yeah. what we, we touched on that earlier. Sometimes I'll see an image, and I'll immediately think to myself, "Well, she's too fat to wear that, or she's too old to wear that, yeah. or what's she doing?" But I will then immediately chastise that thought in my brain to say, mm-hmm. "Why are you even thinking that?" Because
0: we all do these things. It's like we said, maybe it's the social media age is um, sort of conditioning is to think that we can just say whatever we want because there is no immediate consequence you say if people said half the things they said online you would get if you said it face to face you got a punch in the jaw
1: well that's what mike tyson said didn't it got... so, social media makes it a comfortable place mm-hmm. but you're get you're, in, in you're, the
0: in, you're emboldened because one you actually don't see the reaction of that person and kind of how it's Aye. making them feel and we've all done it but i think you kind of grow through time because i always say as well social media this excuse doesn't really wash you anymore because it's been around for about ten years, mm. and it's been very longer. intense. Twitter's Aye. been
1: around since what two thousand? Well, Facebook's been around since two thousand five, two thousand six, yeah. and then Twitter two thousand seven or two thousand eight. So you're it's a long time. It's, and
0: it's become it used to be something you would step into, but obviously now it's something that permeates every everyday life because we every communicate event. through it. And so for the last five years, it's become steadfast in society, and it's like not knowing how to navigate it or being a wee bit naive and. Some people are like soaking wet behind the ears. We're not thinking of the consequences, and you kind of over time you have to see you kind of stop and go, Oh, wait a minute, that's actually a really horrible, terrible thing to do. And I think that that then behavior has crossed over sometimes into people's just everyday thinking. Because as you say, like we're all human, we all you know, how yeah. like in Tourette's when people have got Tourette's <laughs> where they shout, What is the most taboo or terrible yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we all get it. We're all human. You'll see somebody and you think something. People think it about me all the time. Often they say it because <laughs> I don't like it either. Do they and...
1: think here's the Zac Efron of Rob Royce? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I bet they do. I bet oh, they, they want guess. to sh- like,
1: shout that out when they see
0: you. Um, no, but people people kind of say things, and it's like, well, hold on a minute. Like you need yeah. to just back the fuck up, mate, and you just just How think about they? what I you're saying.
1: I couldn't even imagine having so much hate for someone else or so much vitriol to spout out and. I mean, going back to... I mean, footballers were probably the first people who experienced it, really, yeah, on right. social media. Um, I mean, we've all been to games, we've all said our team has played shite, or mm-hmm. so-and-so has played shite this week, or they didn't deserve to be in the team. Now, that is you and I, right? We pay money to go and watch this mm-hmm. team. We pay money. We pay our hard-dined money to prefer tickets, or Sky, or whatever, to watch your team to do that. We can say that. We can say our team's shite. Mm-hmm. But... The, the line is then, you're talking about these people's family members wishing yeah. that their kids got killed, wishing someone got cancer, mm. wishing someone got A, like commenting ra- racially abusive. What in your I mind tells you that that is fi- That's I don't know. I cannot physically understand. I cannot comprehend what goes through people's minds I that think, they think that this is acceptable. It's I not. Think,
0: I, I think I can attribute that to two things. First thing about saying we're abusing players um, when they've been terrible or whatever, I think it was Simon Ferry who said the other day, because I was listening to him, and he said, there's no footballer who goes out and intentionally plays fucking terribly. It's just, it's one of those things. Like, there's no joiner or plumber who goes out and wants to make an arse of a kitchen or a bathroom. But the other thing about um, what goes through people said, first of all, I think when somebody very aggressively and angrily and passionately tells somebody, you're fucking this, you're that, you're terrible, I'm like, that's a textbook case of projection where... You're so yeah. deeply dissatisfied with your own existence yeah. that you want to tell me what I'm doing wrong, or you want to tell somebody else how bad they are, and it's like, you should maybe really work on yourself, and that's probably what it is. Another one is, oh, d- off-
1: oh, didn't you get me wrong. I would never send, I would never tweet, and 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 you know include. I don't know. Let's use Bruni as an example. Say Bruni had a shite. You were shite the day. Aye, I would never. Aye, I would aye. never do that. If I thought that he was, I would maybe say it to you or someone on the WhatsApp a, group. I would never.
0: Say, I mean, I would never say that publicly. I think, given that people are observing, ninety-nine 99%, percent, ninety-nine point nine percent of a spectator and observers' participation in football is exactly that. Okay, there's a discussion, but it's observing. You're yeah. watching, so of course you're going to have things to say. Yeah. And if construct uh, criticism can be constructive yeah. or can be in a way where you can back up your same but when it becomes personal you're like you're just a you're just a fucked up wee guy and i think these people Aye. if you if you were to be in the receiving end of that you would stop and go wait a minute i have been on the receiving end of it and now i'm like man i'm not doing that to anybody no. and that's learning like I, i've learned and went right if i've ever said it in cheeky to anybody i'm sorry but i didn't realize just how it felt because Aye. they press send and then that's it. They won't think about it again.
1: Exactly. But you remember
0: it for three years.
1: And well, you're just over. You're just thinking about it constantly. We we talked about this kind of separately that you know that Sky have launched a uh, you know a, a hate won't stop us campaign. Yeah. You know, um, especially towards the presenters and stuff. But women like female presenters. we were talking about the radio days after you know I, I stopped dancing and moved to London. Well, I never really pursued a journalism career, mainly because of the dance. I didn't want that to come back Mm -hmm. um, and bite me in the arse. I didn't want... So when, kind of to go back, um, when I moved to London, I was still dancing. So talking about dark days, these were very dark days for me at the end. No, I I was never, you know, I was never... I mean, I I partied a lot. You know, I took drugs recreationally. I never had a problem. I was never... Mm -hmm. I never had a problem with drink or anything like that. Um, Plus, I was always relatively fit. as well. I was always doing something. Anyway, um, I was still dancing, though, when I moved to London. But I knew that... When I first moved to London, I didn't have a a radio job, but I knew that there was one coming up, and I Mm -hmm. knew that I really wanted it. Um, So for the first couple of months that I lived in London, I actually worked... Um, in a place in Shoreditch called Brown's, right. it's on the corner. Um, now you put a pound in the jar. Now this was completely different from the places that I had worked in. Actually, I've I've got so much to tell you about the places where I worked in Edinburgh. Um, this was very very the, like the the. Stru- like the process of how that worked was very, very different. Guys used to come in, you used to put a pound in the jar, and then you did your stage show, you used to collect a pound off everybody before you went on stage.
0: It's like you're a bus driver taking people to Blackpool. I,
1: but imagine, like, I mean, you used to, I I was like, what is this? Uh. Why am I going home with all these pound coins?
0: (laughs) Piece of pound coins. But,
1: but I mean, that was before, this was just for your kind of stage appearances before you did any private dances. But you could, me and my, my, my pal, we were like a comedy duo. And we made a killing in there because most of the girls that worked there were either, um, I don't know, Eastern European or just didn't give a shit about mm-hmm. engaging with the guys. And because we were Scottish and we were new and we were cheeky, guys loved it. Aye. We made a fortune. But um, it was coming up to Christmas and the guy who ran it, he was like, you have to work Christmas on New Year. And I was like, we can't, we're going back it's to... There's quite a strip club on Christmas Day. And he was like, you either have to work Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve or like, no. or oh, right, Christmas I, Eve. We, right. we were like... We're going back to Scotland on the twenty sixth, and he was like, "I'm sorry," he says, "it's rules for everybody." So we uh, we didn't go back. But what I started doing was in the year after, I used to go home. I used to either fly or get the train um, to Aberdeen from London, work the whole weekend, stay with my pal, and then go back and do my radio job. Mm. (sighs) It was hard. It was exhausting, mm-hmm. and but I had to do that to maintain so I could pay rent and mm-hmm. stuff in London because my radio job at the beginning I wasn't making any money. So first, firstly, like I used to answer the phone on drive time at Talksport, and I'm pretty sure the first wee while I worked it, it didn't even get paid. It was volunteer, you know, it was like work experience, yeah. and then eventually got a job and then got paid. But still, what you think about how much rent is? In London, So that was, I was kind of forced to kind of, once my savings had kind of run out, I was going back up the road to work and I wasn't even making any money because I was crabby, and I was tired and I hated all of these people who came in. And by that time I was like 27 and I hated all these young girls that were just starting all enthusiastic and that. I was just bitter. Mm. I was like, Hate like a
0: jaded central midfielder I, about I was
1: very much a jaded central midfielder <laughs> and I remember when I first started and there was loads of jaded and central midfielders uh-huh. and I was like fucking those old cows do you know uh, what I mean yeah, and yeah. then all of a sudden I was one of those old bitter cows um and I just and I, I just got to a point where I was like, I cannot maintain this life of coming home to work to dance to make money mm-hmm. to live my life in London. Yeah, I was I, I was my my radio job was suffering because I was tired. I was having to change shifts all the time, um, you know. And I thought, this is what I want to do, so I have to be committed to that. Yeah. So I just had to bite the bullet and do it and live like. And then I had to move out of my one bedroom flat that I could no longer afford. And I had to share Mm. because otherwise I couldn't have, do you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: a lot of sacrifice to be made.
1: It was a lot of, it it was exhausting by the end.
0: Let's um, before we do talk about the radio job. Is there any sort of things that you want to highlight or stories because you said about the places there's that you so worked many. In?
1: Oh my god! Are we? I mean, maybe... I've been lucky. I've been. I mean, th- this could go on for episodes and say, episodes.
0: What we could do then is in future return to it and do an episode. We could we do talk a whole about...
1: series on the lap we'll dancing, the stripper diaries, the stripper diaries.
0: If you would like to hear the stripper diaries, give us a shout on Twitter, and if there's enough of a demand, yeah, then we will we create a mini series. Yeah. looking at different each. Uh, each episode looking at a different facet or aspect of the yeah, industry. because there's a lot. And, there's so yeah. much.
1: There's so much to talk about in the stripper diaries because not just the dark side of it, or you know, or, or, or how people have turned out. You know, um, I mean, I, I didn't really know a lot, an awful lot about it now, but I can certainly comment on when I first started at 21 as a young, fresh, enthusiastic, mm-hmm. perky, boobed stripper. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, by the time I ended like I I just actually I could tell you the story about my retirement I think I was I think it was at Christmas maybe in 2000 I want to say 2008 so aye so I've been retired for 12 years aye and I'll be the big birthday very soon yes so I was aye so I would have been 28 and I worked in this place in Aberdeen which is my favourite place to work it's called Bugsy's um and i just had enough i just thought i can't do this anymore i just i got my stuff i packed my stuff up i took my my hair extensions out threw my shoes in the bin and i (laughs) went out the fire exit never paid my commission never said to to anyone just Mm, left and i never looked back i pretty much shaved my hair off later in the week
0: you glad for doing that why aye. did you shave your hair? Was that like a liberation thing? Aye. I'm in control.
1: I I was like, I'm going to give myself. Plus, my hair was so damaged. <laughs> <I>
0: was,
1: <laughs> um, I've had two skinheads actually, generally from damaged bleaching my hair. Mm. Um, but I, I thought, um, if I shave my hair off, then I can go back. I'd have to buy a wagon and
0: mm. like that's ugly. I like that. I like when I always talk about this: burning the bridges behind you, so you can only aye. go forward. It was
1: like I. was like you can't retreat in
0: fear and go back to aye. what aye. you I know. Through the
1: shoes in the bin. At the, the fire exit door. No paid any commission. Song like, kicks in. Du, du, du,
0: du. Aye. Like, End credits roll. Aye.
1: And then I went to this pub around the corner, texted everybody saying, right, I've left work, come and meet me.
0: <laughs> well, if um, if you have enjoyed this sort of chat and back and forth that we've had in the insight into the whole stripper thing, and you'd like to hear the stripper diaries, then you yeah. know what to do. Let us know. Because if you don't, then don't it'll how and If you do want <laughs> it, then it's £900 for your cheek. <laughs> <laughs> there's
1: so... But the thing is, there's so many volumes... To the stripper diaries yeah. because I've been lucky to uh, work in clubs in different countries. Mm. Um, we need to do the a wee characters, bit Characters, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've been to the Caribbean and worked. Wow. I've been to Iceland. I've been to Ireland. I've been to Spain. I've worked in Ibiza. I've worked in Canada, Australia. Although they can touch you there, so that didn't last long. Did it, Aye. I was like, "What is happening here?" Aye, no. No. I was like, "That's not for me." I'll,
0: uh, I'll go on a wee reconnaissance mission. I'll start doing my research. <laughs> and I'm all, that only is in that...
1: certain parts of Australia. Yeah. I, and, and when I worked
0: oh, in the she I, I was referring to general strip clubs, aye. no places where you can aye. touch. Like, in,
1: and in, also, I was aye. only kidding. No, you weren't. I was. <laughs> um, but I remember working somewhere on the Gold Coast and like the guys, they can't like grope you, but they can still. Place that I was like, no, 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 that no, that's not uh, for me. A
0: bit too handsy for me. Aye, um, there's a lot of
1: volumes to The Stripper Diaries, so I we could literally do another three episodes on that alone.
0: Now, as we move on from yeah. one segment of your life to another, obviously working in the radio, or the radio industry, um, to quote Gordon Smart, he said, because you need to be loud and you need to be confident, project your voice, Gordon Smart said, you learned to whisper in a helicopter, which <laughs> I... I I feel like MD Listing can go. Aye, that's a good way to put it. That
1: is probably the best way to describe me. What
0: talk us through? What was it here?
1: you called me the last time you were here? London's loudest Loud, resident. Lon- Aye,
0: and London's <laughs> most enthusiastic tourist. You
1: are London's most One enthusiastic. Year. I'm here tourist. as much
0: as anybody else here, but I'm still just buzzing like no, wait, But I'm... then
1: you're like, I can't believe Londoners don't know that. But this place that exists know, and it's know, like know, some, I know, some I know. shit street somewhere. I know, and I know. we're like, we don't care about that.
0: I know. There's so many good things. Um, talk. Let's talk about it. How? What is? What does your job entail? Because um,
1: the tr- well, the ch- transition was as as i said before i was still dancing when i moved to london but it just got so hard it got so hard and i was just exhausted all the time and i knew that i wanted the radio career to be a career Mm -hmm. and i had to make a real decision and the dancing had to get parked and that was it it was no longer a chapter in my life so there's and plus i didn't want i worked as a i worked at a sports radio station in a very male-dominated world allowed to name it yeah Talk yeah, sport. I, walked, I was at Talksport, started at Talksport.
0: Talksport of old, not owned by News Corp.
1: Yeah, um, the Rupert old Talksport. Uh... Not, not the, the new Talksport that's in a fancy. Where is it? Should... Well, it used to just be around the corner from here. I, it was in Waterloo, it was on a, um, a street around the corner, around the back. All oh, right. Um, no far, like five minutes walk mm-hmm. from here.
0: Like some of the staple people are there. Like, did you work in the Alan Brazil show eventually?
1: I did a few, I covered breakfast a few times. A lot of people used to think that I was Alan's daughter. (laughs) they heard me on the phone, I've got a funny story about Alan, actually, about how we had to put him to bed at one Cheltenham Festival. That man is not light. Um, (laughs) Me and I get my friend, um, James, who actually lives in Australia now. He works in like Fox News. He does Fox. All right. He must do the Australian sports, but he's from Essex. But I, uh, Talk Sport Broadcast, Obviously live from every Cheltenham Festival mm-hmm. just to suit a Big Al, <laughs> um, but that was named my staple show. I was I first worked on drive time with Ian Wright and Adrian Durham. All oh, right, I answered the phone. Oh, but, but I was
0: Wright, wild on Adrian the phone. Durham. I'd be like,
1: because not for me. They, what you you didn't I, like don't
0: like writing? No, I love I love Ian Wright, but I'm saying Adrian Durham, not for me. I
1: I, I love Adrian because obviously I know him. Um, as a person, and he, said, he he plays that devil's advocate. Aye. They want people to call him. They want people to be incensed. You know, they want people to oppose what he's saying. Mm-hmm. He often he probably isn't often of that p- opinion. He knows that he's aggravating people, See, but that is the
0: to a degree. While that's I'm the under...
1: staple of a, a phone in show.
0: Yeah, while I understand that being a staple of a phone in show, like when. <sighs> I don't know. It's, this is easy for me to say. So I'm saying it as somebody who doesn't have that experience, but as an observer and as somebody who takes a keen and, and um, active interest in these types of discussions mm. and shows and things, I just think, would you not, I personally, I can't speak for anybody else, I personally would be embarrassed to a degree if the only way that I could generate debate or discussion was by be, by being intentionally inflammatory or against the grain or contradictory or like, provocative do you not have a faith in your own ability as a journalist and observer, as a so-called expert, to be able to, to just speak normally? That's stand. but also, he also
1: plays a, you know, a character almost yeah, of
0: himself. I can, I can understand that. Um, he because he
1: does do, I mean, I'm not sure if he does now, because I didn't really listen to a lot probably get in trouble for saying this but um i do not really listen to a lot of radio now <laughs>
0: Lindsay works for I, rager who I, do the, the company radio listener yeah, statistics
1: the, so i do i don't physically do the research myself obviously but um you know i do the insight i do you know who's listening to what and why and what kind of shows and f- how they're listening and why they want to listen to something else that, that's the kind of stuff that i deal with um but the radio stuff is you know the bread and butter for the company i work with but we do lots of podcasting projects and stuff mm-hmm. now as well which i i'm involved in um but i i don't i i do i tell you when i love radio the most at the weekends when i'm doing a bit of housework or i'm doing a bit of cooking but i was a regular you know either five live or talk sport listener but now i just i feel like i'm just like
0: I can ego- I used to like listening to oh. Talk Talksport when I worked because I like hear I actually really take. I feel
1: like I've heard it all. I, I feel like I've experienced it all. It's no anything new.
0: I take an like I do take an interest. It, it, it's it's diminished somewhat over the last eight years in English football and discussion. But because it's kind of new, so if I'm down south, for example, or do you if-
1: think that football in general has diminished? I think so.
0: What in terms of my enjoyment of it?
1: Yeah. Of, of yeah, the enjoyment of it. Uh,
0: my enjoyment. what it
1: means to you.
0: Yeah, well my consumption and enjoyment of football has definitely diminished. But I mean, my, look
1: at the crowds now at my, games. But
0: I would I have to caveat that by saying Celtic is, is, isn't part of that. Celtic is a staple yeah, part of my well, life. Well
1: you and I both support Celtic, but um, I am different. I don't football. I like I didn't give a shit. I, I, if Celtic are playing Hamilton on a Tuesday night and it's so intoca-
0: I'm not going to watch that I didn't care see I would see nothing, I would because I do not care me. that much but with football in general I feel like the product of the English Premier League and I understand that it evolves and it changes and yeah. stuff but I've just been like ah, do you know what No, for me but I do like a, a wee novelty that I like when I'm down south is picking up the papers and it's English football dominated and I'm like oh right I'll have it because yeah. I like the coverage and it is quite interesting to read it but we, we talk sport and I understand the nature of the beast and all that and it's got people have things have got to be commercialised to make money, but yeah, the course. the the advertising is is every like five minutes. Aye, like, it, I well, any
1: commercial, can't... though that's where the that's where the money comes from. I
0: know, I, yeah. I get that, but I'm like but, yeah. I actually, like I have to bow out. And that's why I sometimes like dipping in for the wee clips and hearing what people are talking uh, about. Right. okay.
1: See, I don't even mind the because i 'cause I'm I'm just so accustomed to it now, I don't even yeah. hear it. But I think it's more the kind of the con- the content for me are we still talking about you know var are we still talking about diving mm. how are we still talking about racism and football how are we how are these still? You know, how is this still happening? I always feel like... Oh. Well,
0: see, do you know, at this point, I would like to take an opportunity to say to people, support fan media. And I'm not... I can only talk about Celtic fan media because that's all I, I will consume. Aye. But I will also say, support your Rangers fan media aye. or if there's Hibs or Hearts or Aberdeen or any other club because what I was about to say there is... Dunfermline Athletic. Aye, what I was about to say there is, I want more... Discussion about the actual quality of the football, yeah. about where improvements could be made, tactical insights. I enjoy, yes. I mean, the whole expected goals and these I don't really get it, um, and it doesn't interest me. So, I mean, you've got 20 minute Tim's, good pals of mine. Phenomenal- Was that a real thing? Ah, aye, 20-Minute Tims. 20-Minute They're absolutely brilliant. Their Patreon's amazing. You know, it would be unfair for me not to mention the 90-Minute Cynic as well. Those guys, the, the work that they put in, you know, both groups, absolutely brilliant. Well that sounds good. I'll listen they're, to that. 20-Minute Tims um, level of professionalism and the way that they execute things is just unbelievable, absolutely incredible. So I'd encourage anybody to go and support that fan media because you also see... I mean, more so in Scotland, the contempt in which often Celtic Rangers are held in. and it's
1: m- Most of my family support Celtic. The rest support Dunfermline. I
0: used to play for Dunfermline. I did you? I was a wee guy, right, up until I was guy. like 14.
1: Was Jim Leishman the manager there uh, when you
0: were? I think he would have been. Jim Leishman was my uncle's um, manager at Dunfermline and Levy. I'm sure.
1: Big Jim. Met him. Grand Abuzz. A, a awesome. G-
0: met, one of the nicest guys I've ever met in football. Met him through my so uncle. So
1: okay, But obviously... Um, Kate and I went to school together, Jim's That's, daughter, yeah. Gordon's wife.
0: Yeah.
1: Gordon and I went to school together. Gordon and I were in the same year. Kate was the year below us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I lived quite near Kate's family. And um, aye, he was just a great guy. And plus he's from Lock My My gran is mm. from Lock Everybody knows everybody in Lock I can assure you. He
0: was, was really nice to me when I met him.
1: He's just great. And I listened to him. He did um Simon Ferry's podcast.
0: I've not listened to
1: it yet. Actually, when I drove up to Scotland recently, yeah. I listened to it. It was it was funny. He was telling a story about Marvin Andrews. Right. Oh, you have to listen to it. It was really great. He was about when they were offering him money to come play for Livingston And um he offered him a certain amount each week and he was like, no, no, I'm no interested. But then when the amount started getting high, he said, God is listening now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, yeah, it was like
1: a pastor guy that used to do his negotiations for yeah, him. Yeah. Oh, it was hilarious. You yeah. need to listen. It was Very was... good episode.
0: My uncle, my uncle told me a story, but it's just a conversation I had recently. I have to tell you off air because...
1: Oh, right, Okay. It's,
0: it's um, da- damaging. It's, it's not fine. <laughs> it's just it's it's just funny. Right. It, but okay. it's X-rated to my here. All right. Okay. Here. That's fine. Um, but remember to tell you it's an absolute better. Um Let's talk about the characters because obviously talk sport. We, we've just discussed oh, sorry. It's full the characters Durham. then. What's righty? Uh, righty seemed just like I could, well, Let Great. me check me. Is we went to fucking school together? So, What's righty like?
1: Righty's <laughs> awesome. Righty uh, is awesome. He was always the same. Like he was never. He treated everybody the same. Yeah. He was like a Pep Guardiola uh, almost. Aye. Do you know what I mean? Like, like just, he uh, knew uh, your uh, name if you, if you were someone dead senior, if you were in sales, if you made the tea. Do you know what I mean? He, mm-hmm. that's how he was. Where everyone you got treated the same. He knew everybody's name. He was very, yeah, like and he was just easy to work with. He wasn't dramatic. It wasn't. You didn't because he was such a nut. Like. Uh, you know a great personality and plus he knew an awful lot like he knew what was happening in the games he would watch all the games he didn't need to hand feed him information.
0: Mm-hmm. You shouldn't you be know, on a show like that if you I, don't know your uh, football like, should like A lot you? of the
1: time when you're a producer of a show or an assistant producer you have to compile all this information
0: I would love that though oh, somebody I, giving but, me stuff would like be amazing. But then you
1: but they should, if, if you're a presenter you should know that. Yeah
0: if you're worth your salt you should yeah, know if that anyway. if
1: you want to be you know classed as a, a great presenter then you should have watched that game and yep. you should know what the score was in when these two teams met before mm-hmm. and what position the league this, this team... Do you know what I mean? That's the um, for, yeah. that's the research Basics. that should... The, the, the basic statistics. But a lot of them don't. And then as a member of the production team, you have to hand feed them. Either it or tell them in the rear
0: mm-hmm.
1: or print it out for them. Um, but either was a few characters. Alan Brazil was obviously a great character and he's still there.
0: He's been around a long time. Have you it, seen a
1: heed that size? <laughs> have, and it just gets bigger and redder every year. Have the man seen... is just def- defies, I don't know, laws of health.
0: I, have you seen um, the video clip of him on the beach in Marbella a few months ago?
1: <gasps> no, but please send it me.
0: Right, I'll, I'll get you. So basically, he is on a beach <laughs> with... A large glass of white in his hand. Oh, oh, I'm going to get on the white wine, and I've just got All myself. All right, okay. That. Just my mouth just started watering <laughs> there. Um, he's standing by a large glass of white wine um. while a bar behind him is completely engulfed in flames. And the bar that he was in is like he had went on fire, and he's had to run onto the beach, and he's getting oh, videoed. It's, real, it's yeah. very windy; it's hard to make him out. But you're like that is. Well, a- you can
1: make it that heat from
0: hundred. <laughs> that was like that is a. A, a severe visual metaphor. I don't know what for. Yeah. I, I mean, it's open to interpretation. And he's just smiling and still drinking his wine, and you're like, oh. "That is fucking brilliant." So he's managed to this. You know they say, "Don't take it and with you." He, he's he's left his jacket, left his bag, aye. left his wallet, but he's he's taking his wine, which, fair play, to him.
1: as you would. It's important. Um, but aye, Alan was a great character. There was, you know, there was a lot of drinking. Mm. In the morning, <laughs> my mate used to work there. Boy <laughs> what, no? There was a lot of morning drinking post the breakfast show. Do
0: you know what's funny? Actually, my ma- so my mate worked there in the sales team. All um,
1: right, who?
0: Between well, so he would have been there for like 20, 11, 12 Oh no, I'd left then. Right,
1: I left
0: okay. in twenty eleven. Aye, he'd have he'd have been away by then. I mean, so was you're... he a Scottish guy? No, he was for he was for, uh, Luton. Dean Brown, his name. No. I didn't need to remember him. might know you but you might have probably you, you probably left the legend the,
1: the legend would have lived on Aye. the Lindsay um, Ferrigan legend
0: you I believe you worked with, on the Stan Collin or sure I don't
1: know you if did, that's what it's called I, but you um, worked with no, uh, pff, it was called kick off right. oh. um, so it was uh, mainly stuff that was happening you know it was 7 till 10 so a lot of the time there was live games on yeah. and then you would take calls after or it was just straight discussion it was more of a Serious discussion about things that would happen in football rather than, you know, you're kind of flipping callers on drive. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was that required more work, especially with Stan, who was often hard to manage. I mean, on the flip side, he did get a real hard time from, you know, on Twitter and people Mm would email in and text into the actual, you know, to the to the show. To the station with just the most vicious hideous kind of stuff now
0: does that go back to the anonymity people thinking there's no way it can be caught I, or traced
1: and also the fact that i mean you're talking about an incident that was you know years and years before but i think maybe because
0: just for clarity for the person listening if they're not aware so there was an incident they, they uh, the World Cup in France 1998 with his then partner Ulrika Johnson and there were allegations uh, uh, were they proven no,
1: I, I, I think so he got place. charged yeah, right, okay, I think so he, he was done with it
0: domestic violence basically yeah. and it's
1: not, I, it's been, of not been let go yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and I think that still gets brought up you know regardless of how good a a broadcaster he is and he mm-hmm. does all of his own research he knows all of his stuff he's yeah. very meticulous Um but like his parent, per- like with the dogging and stuff as well. Remember, he got caught dogging. Fuck yeah, I forgot about it. <laughs> um, there's
0: Do- you know I mean, th- dog- that, that kind dog- of- not that bad. The thing <laughs> is, it? yeah.
1: I mean, wasn't there like a sun sting with uh, the the dogging? I'm oh, sure I there was. Aye. Um. Aye. So there was. There was all that, and but people were, you know, awful him they used to email in and text in like really racial abuse for a start and bring up the stuff that he did in the past which is not relevant to anything that he's talking about Hmm. on air but he wasn't a terribly likable character in the yeah
0: um
1: you know um in in the studio but no one deserves racial abuse no absolutely not you know just, oh, no one deserves any kind of abuse like that regardless of what
0: there's a weird thing in society when people feel that they're giving out right what i would call righteous abuse where they oh, think yeah. this person has been so terrible therefore i can justify acting deplorable as well and it's like while i'm not fucking condoning the actions of anybody yeah. uh, especially you know if they haven't shown much contrition yeah. you also acting just as awful does not make it all right for no, you to exactly. to do that
1: exactly what does that achieve fuck all Zero. Zero.
0: absolute fuck all
1: so there was always always that and he would he would always want to kind of see the things that people had said about and where normally you would just want to you know plead ignorance yeah which i always felt real uncomfortable with fuck, man, but he was you know he wasn't always um easy to get on with in the studio no like Alan Brazil or Wrighty or, like, a character like that. He was very, very serious and he wanted... He was very, very sure about how he wanted the show to go and he would, you know, he would get quite upset if it didn't, mm-hmm. you know, go, go how he anticipated. So I worked on that show. Um, and then I worked on the show later on at night where, like, Andy Goldstein and Jason Cundy, which I think is still going, for. like Andy Goldstein. Aye, um, I actually he used to do some things with Bobby Gould. Do you know who Bobby Gould is?
0: Aye, uh, he's ringing a bell.
1: He's a, an older guy. who managed Liverpool when they uh, he managed Wimbledon when they beat Liverpool in the nineteen eighty FA Cup final. Well, like Vinny Jones uh, on, and that.
0: Aye, uh, the, like the crazy gang. Crazy gang. Yeah,
1: right, okay. he was the manager at the time, and he used to do like bits. Um,
0: Touchwood is still around. Did Stanwell play for the Wimbledon with the crazy Gang? Am I getting that wrong?
1: No, I don't think so. I think he was. He had quite a few clubs. He was it not Forest, Liverpool, Aston Villa?
0: Was it Villa? <sighs> um,
1: a, a team in Spain. Right.
0: But, he didn't.
1: I don't think he stuck around mm. loads of places.
0: Sorry, I, I, I totally. Um, diversities there so Bobby Gould he worked with him Andy Goldstein.
1: Aye Jason but it was mainly Jason and Andy's show but it was very it was at that point it wasn't that you know football based there was a lot they had a lot of odd guests it was like do you remember these lads mags that you used at to get.
0: Zoo nuts and everything.
1: it was very you, much. just completely aye, off the market aye. now. Eh? Aye surely that's no a thing. Hmm. It, well, magazines in circulation isn't really I, I yeah. think but you'd, you'd think they would still have an on an online
0: presence. Uh, yeah,
1: a, an online publication, but I don't know. Um, but it was always very much that kind of lads' mag feel to it. It was a bit silly sometimes. We'd mm. often have um, weird and wonderful guests on, so that was like think that's what you did at night time as well. You didn't have to mm-hmm. in the evening. It didn't have to be like a constant serious debate focus all day. They had to to mix it up a bit, but I I worked on that for a bit, and then I was just like, Talksport was one of those places back then. It's as I said to you before, under Rupert Murdoch, it's a very different beast now. Yeah. It's very diverse now. Um, the guy they have running it is a former journalist who's a great guy. They all have to, you know, senior management have to wear suits and they have female presenters where there's hardly any women worked there when I was there. If you were, a, they, there was women producers that they liked to book guests with because you would sit in your soft tone trying mm-hmm. to get someone to come on at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you needed yeah, yeah. a woman's touch for that. So there was a few female producers, it's mainly kind of current affairs stuff, but, but now it's a very different setup. Um, they have female presenters. It's a lot more diverse in terms of ethnicity and cultures and mm-hmm. stuff, where before it was very much, you know, a middle-aged white guy station like...
0: White van man. White
1: van man, taxi driver kind yeah. of based. Um, but it's kind of evolved from those days. But we had some good times those in those old days in Waterloo.
0: I'm keen to hear the good times. One question I did want to ask in... Yeah. Um, I've said this a couple of times when speaking to, to female guests that I don't want to go down the predict, predictable questioning route of like sexism. Did you think maybe, did you ever feel uncomfortable? Or did you ever feel that people were a bit out of order? And I know things often are of their time. And even though it was only uh, 10, 11, 12 years ago, that inter- culturally, is like a fucking, it's light like years yeah. away, in it? Like it's.
1: For me, and this is a God's honest truth, never at Talksport did I feel uncomfortable or feel that, um, you know, I was maybe being uh, not...
0: Well, you're no shrinking violet, so I don't think... I think that's what
1: probably... uh, I think that's what probably helped. I was always quite... See, that's the thing. Because I was always quite assertive, it it got me this reputation of almost being aggressive, Mm -hmm. almost being confrontational. Uh, That was a a word that was used to describe me a lot. To be fair, I was. (laughs) I was... I mean, I, I'm a recovering rageaholic now, don't get me wrong. But then I would get back then, especially transitioning from dancer to working in radio, it was yeah. often hard for me. And I would, because I was used to being able to speak to people however I wanted with no I've, repercussions. I
0: think culturally, when you look at how women are described, um, so if, if a woman is displays certain behavioural traits, she will be described it, as um, she's bossy, she's assertive, she's aggressive, she's demanding. She's um a bit highly strong exactly when it, when um, she's emotional emotional that's,
1: that's my favorite when she's it's a, when it's
0: a man it's um he's meticulous he's, he's driven ambitious. he's demanding, he's got high standards yeah. uh, ambitious, he's focused and it's exactly. like well, and come and on was, lads, it's the same
1: I always felt like I didn't want to pursue a career almost behind the mic because of obviously I had been a dancer I didn't want that to come back,
0: yeah.
1: on me um. And also because, again, what people say on social media about these people who are presenters, and they still do it yet to this day. Some of the replies to, like... this is my... This is you know, these people who listen to these stations and think, oh, th- these women should get back in the kitchen. I know more about football than you, I can Aye. assure you. Or I'm willing to do my own research. Think about girls now that, that play the game, women now that play the game, and, you know, they're now on panels and stuff like that. They know more because they have to work harder to be better than their male counterpart.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I would ass- I would make the assertion, um, or I would conclude, that any woman who is working at a good level... Exactly. and that ...is has had to deliver more or put more work in. I mean, the only two I can think of off the top of my head, uh, Laura... Alex
1: and Alex Scott. I no, I was going good. to say right, that, that I've
0: spoken to you, sorry. All right, okay. Would be uh, Laura Brannan, a girl who... A girl, that sounds really disrespectful. Somebody who's working at um, Motherwell Football Club. She's right. worked for Copa 90. She worked for Celtic. She knows her football good. inside out. She's encyclopedic. Uh, and then there's also Connie McLaughlin. That uh-huh. episode will have been out by the time this is out. Um, what? Bauer Radio, at Radio Clyde. BBC, uh, BT Sport, Sky Sports, and there is uh, she Connie mentioned that when she said there is an element of having to be even further yes. prepared for any eventuality. And, and because it's because if you don't know, it's because you're a woman. <coughs> exactly. Aye. But then you look at people like fucking Paul who, and Charlie. You just turn up. Matt Latissia, these people because, have...
1: because, but but that's because you're a former pro. You only need to turn up, you didn't need to do the work and you can just you're your face fixed. Exactly. Yeah. That's what used to I used to be. So, you know, and plus I used to work with people who were a bit lazier because they were men and and but the girls who did work in the production team at Talksport worked double as hard as any of the male counterparts yeah. because you had to.
0: A couple of examples off the top of my head. Paul Merson was doing a preview of the Scottish League um, oh, and cold. there was something about Celtic coming up. I think he was talking about St Johnston. And he, he laughed and he went... I don't know much about him, really. He's like, oh, I so sell it crayneel, and it's just like, they're all—it's all a great laugh, and you think, sorry, who the fuck do you think you are? And Hi. I'm talking about Sky as a broadcaster. I'm like, do you realise? Do, do can, the work. Do you realise the contempt that you're breeding? Because we are—I would say—unanimously, Scottish football fans. Are hold Sky in real contempt because their coverage and, and their knowledge oh and then it's all a big laugh in it Like you don't know what you're talking about and it's, it's just embarrassing Like if, if you're going to be doing that job if you're talking about football you should know your stuff you should know your stuff um, straight up one other thing I wanted to ask uh, before um, TalkSport were incorporated into News Corp mm. and obviously the diverse, modern yeah,
1: it's, um, it's very much a, it's, it's been taken in a much better direction yeah. as a station over maybe five or six years. Before
0: sure. it had headed in that direction, it was often viewed, um, I think, as we discussed, as a bit of an elephant's, elephant's graveyard, no matter what you'd done or, or if you have been castigated publicly for something or for any discretions. Or, 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 yeah, well, let's, discretion. well, let's
1: use the example of Richard Keys and Andy Gray.
0: That's exactly how it's going to go to. Aye?
1: They got sacked from uh, Sky Sports, I think, uh, four like. weeks before, yeah. I think and if then, any,
0: if Andy doesn't know why they were sacked, go and, giggle uh, yeah. it and watch Google the it.
1: Yeah, Google it for sexual misconduct. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, that kind of probably sparked off, like part of, especially for the for the female, um, correspondents at Sky coming forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but during that period, they had got sacked from Sky Sports when we thought they were going to go to Al Jazeera.
0: Are but be in sports now? Uh,
1: well, we thought they were going to go to Al Jazeera. There was a big talk of them staying in TV, but like working for another company. The guy who ran Talksport at the time must have had a contact, was, must have been a friend of a friend of mm. Richard Keys, And within. They had started their mid-morning show at 10am within four or five weeks of being sacked from mm-hmm. Sky. And it was the biggest load of shit you've ever heard in your life. Because because they had been used to being these jovial characters. It was like they'd almost been castrated. Yeah. They were too it was so dry. They were too scared to kind of have a laugh or um and it was it was just horrible. I don't know how long that I, I had left not long after that. But um and plus, I worked in the evening, so I didn't really come in contact with any any of them. Um, and it was—I remember listening to the, like, is this. Shit, mm-hmm. compared to Jim White, who's on now, who's pretty good.
0: Previous blethered guest.
1: He's pretty good. He's always got—you know—he's always chatting away about stuff, and it's—it's it's engaging.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That 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 slot when they had that with Richard um, Keys and Andy Green, it was a. F- Dry.
0: Yeah, it's
1: the driest thing I've ever listened to.
0: We have talked for an hour and forty minutes.
1: Oh my god. Mm. About nonsense.
0: I know about nonsense, but I would I hope know that... even
1: a bit like the real nitty gritty stuff. I either. know.
0: But we'll, we'll, we can get into that. This picture. we call this call this a taste but I've I've yeah. enjoyed it. It's been it's
1: been great. I think we've been talking about this for such um, a long almost time, a, almost a year. Aye, and um, and then obviously we're lockdowns and COVID and various. Other obstacles we weren't able to do it until now, but yeah, it's been great to just sit down and chat. I've always got plenty to spout on a bit,
0: right? And if uh, plenty of
1: pish to talk,
0: if the people at Spotify have been listening, then I'm <laughs> quite happy to do the Stripper Diaries series. Um, and I'll only take 10 grand a series for it, yeah. And bargain, yeah, basically. It,
1: w- it would be it would be interesting. I mean, it would be interesting to us a, a lot of it. I mean, it's when I kind of was trying to think back to the stuff. A lot of this stuff I haven't thought about for so long, mm-hmm. like a lot of characters that I worked with. Oh, there was a few belters. A lot of places. There's. Oh, I, I did touch on a place where I worked in Edinburgh called the Western Bar, that has its own series. So, mm-hmm. Have you ever been in it? No. Google it. It's been around from since the seventies. Used to be a go-go dancing bar, and then it just like then it was stripping and lap dancing. That place is like. It, you know you could have like a whole Channel 4 series the Wild West literally the Wild West and there's some there's been some real characters that have crossed those there's not only punters but girls who have worked there it was a wild time
0: well I look forward to discussing it a later day but thanks very much for coming in
1: no problem at all it's been great thank you Leathered was written, recorded, and produced by Sean McDonald in association with The Big Light. Music and post-production by Brian McAlpine. And for more information, go to thebiglight.com. If you like this podcast, please check out all our other series, including Talk Media, Talking Dairy Girls, Brave Your Day, The Tartan Noir Show, Double Scotch, Great Scott, Trust Me, I'm a Leader, Unearthed, A Sonic Hug, and Old School. All on The Big Light, Scotland's podcast network.
0: From the Big Light Studio.